Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Three different places this morning. Ruth, the book of Ruth, chapter 1. Ruth 1, 1 Samuel 1, and 1 Samuel 30. Ruth 1, 1 Samuel chapter 1, and 1 Samuel chapter 30. As you are finding that in your Bibles or in your Bible apps, um, let me just say this. Today's message is a pastoral message. There are a lot of different ways to preach. There are a lot of different things that you have to do when you're leading a congregation. Sometimes the messages are very theological so that you understand the big pictures of the of the of scripture. Sometimes uh, they're instructional. Sometimes they're inspirational. Um, today, I just want to sort of sit down in your living room with you this morning uh, or whenever you're watching. I just want to sit down beside you, maybe across the table and just ask you this question. How are you doing? How are you? How are things going? Not just um, not just in your home, but how are things going inside yourself? I want to check on people this morning. I, I am the pastor of this flock. And if you've sort of wandered into this pasture this morning, then, then if you will do me the honor, let me pastor you as well. How are you doing? And I want to help you to sort of get down to the nitty gritty of that question today. And I'm going to read from these three passages of scripture. First, Ruth chapter one, verses two through five, and then we'll jump to verse 21. The man's name was uh, Elimelech and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malin and Kilian. They were uh, Ephrathites of Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. And then Elimelech died and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah and another a woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Malin and Kilian died. And this left Naomi alone without her two sons and her husband. Now look at verse 21 that shows you the result of this crisis in Naomi's life. She said, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. So why are you calling me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? And she changed her name in that moment to uh, Tamara, which means bitter. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2 and then verse 7. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and, and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did, uh, Hannah did not. Look at verse uh, 6. Uh, or seven. Each year, year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle, and each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 30, 
the first two verses. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found the, uh, the Amalekites had made a raid into Ziklag. They had crushed it and burned it to the ground. They carried off the women and children and, everything, and everyone else, but without killing anyone. And verse six, you'll see the result or the response to that crisis. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning David. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would just settle in over us today. God, so much going on, so many distractions, so many things that are sort of swirling around our lives right now that are confusing and distressing. Lord, right now, though this is a different way than we normally uh, have been able to attend church in previous the rest of our lives. Lord, settle in wherever we are right now. Settle in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits. Draw us close to yourself. Help us to hear your word. Help us, Lord, to respond to your word. God, I just pray. I pray, God, that you would draw us close. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, living in a pastor's home uh, has always been kind of a dangerous place anyway because you're always liable to wind up in a sermon, right? You, you've always heard about uh, being a preacher's kid or being a preacher's spouse. Um, it's, it's a dangerous place to live, unfortunately. It's even more dangerous when you're in a lockdown because there is literally nobody else to choose from. So, I mean, the chances of getting used in a sermon illustration has increased astronomically in my house in the last few weeks. Uh, so I informed Valerie this week that she is my next victim of uh, being a sermon illustration. Okay. Now, many of you have probably found out that your house is way smaller than it was like two months ago. Have y'all noticed there is almost no place to go in your house that you can be alone like, is, is no place sacred? No, the only thing that gives you maybe even a little bit of privacy is the bathroom. And that's only if you can slip away without being noticed, if you have a deadbolt on the door of the bathroom, or if you have somebody stand guard to keep people from coming and aggravating you even in the bathroom. Now, Valerie snuck away one day this week to take a bath. Um, as she was getting out of the tub, her wet foot landed wrong on the tile floor and she took a tumble that she had not expected. Um, we've all been there, right? We, we've, all, we've all fallen. Everybody knows how easy it is to fall, but doesn't it always seem like a surprise when it happens? Like you're vertical one moment and then horizontal the next moment. And the landing was pretty abrupt and painful. And in a matter of moments, she went from refreshed and relaxed to cold and hurting and confused. She was in that moment exposed. And I think we can all relate, right? Because just a few weeks ago, we were all just minding our own business, right? Just going about our lives, making plans, living life, when suddenly and unexpectedly this pandemic hit. And, and for some of you, I would even venture to say for all of us, uh, to one extent or the other, this crisis has caused us to fall flat on our faces and it has exposed us. 
It has exposed some things in our lives. Crisis does that like nothing else does. Now in the scriptures that we just read, crisis exposed Naomi's bitterness. Crisis exposed David's men's violence and anger. And it exposed Hannah to her insecurity and it reduced her to tears. Their fears, insecurities, character flaws, immaturity, their moment of crisis had exposed all of that. Now for billions of people around the world today, this pandemic has brought us face to face to in the mirror of truth about ourselves. It has exposed problems in our relationship, problems in our faith, problems in our character, problems in our finances, problems in our mental health. Just the list goes on of things that this, that this time has exposed in us. And the question that I want to explore this morning with all of you is when our weaknesses and our faults have been exposed, what's our response? What do we do about it? When we find ourselves, like Valerie did, everything seemingly fine one moment and everything upside down the next, then what do we do about it? So today's message is called Exposed. Exposed. And I want to talk about three ways that I'm seeing people handle uh, these things, handle the, the things that have been exposed in their lives. One of those ways is useless. One of those ways is dangerous. And the other way can be maybe the biggest blessing of your life. So here's the first way that people are handling being exposed, and that is escape. Escape. When you slip and fall, a lot of times our first instinct is just to bounce right up, right? It's the old, I'm okay, that didn't hurt response because it's embarrassing to be exposed like that. So you just want to escape from the pain and act like, really escape from the whole situation and just act like it never happened. You don't wanna think about it, you don't wanna talk about it, you just wanna ignore it and you're hoping if you ignore it long enough, it'll go away. It's addressing the pain by not addressing the pain. You're, you're just trying to escape. Now, physically, the body is pretty resilient, right? But everybody also knows that if you don't heal properly when you're hurt, that it will limit your strength, it'll limit your endurance, it'll limit your range of motion, and it leaves you vulnerable to re-injuring yourself in the future. See, your desire to escape from the things that have been exposed in this crisis will leave you less able to handle it the next time. And there will be a next time because th this life always brings us from crisis point to crisis point. It may not be a global pandemic next time, but there will always be moments of crisis in our lives where we're exposed. Ignoring the pain by trying to escape it is useless because you're not really dealing with the problem. See, rather than take the time to discover the roots of our issues or to address the real underlying problem, we're, we're, what we're, most of us are doing in this time is trying to find ways to ignore them, to escape those things, to keep our minds occupied so we don't have to address what's really going on. And so we've decided we're gonna cook three gourmet meals every day. Or we're gonna watch four movies and seven new TV shows. Or we're gonna exercise three times a day. 
or we're going to organize everything, everything in the house, everything in the garage, everything in the yard. Some of you have drifted into your neighbor's yard. You're organizing stuff that doesn't even belong to you now because you're just, and wouldn't that be tempting? But anyway, so some of us are spending way too much time on social media. Why? Because we're just trying to escape what's being exposed in our lives. And listen, what's so deceptive about these things is that there's nothing wrong with any of them in and of themselves unless you're trying to use those activities to mask or escape the pain and the problems that are in your life. Trying to escape the issues that have been revealed during this time is useless because the problem doesn't go away just because you ignore it. Now in 1 Kings the prophet Elijah gets told that Queen Jezebel is going to kill him. She's taken a vow that she's going to kill him. So what does he do? He tries to escape. He runs straight into the wilderness. His fear, his insecurity, all of that stuff gets exposed and he's just going to run and hide to escape from all of it. Eventually, God brings him to a point where he has to get really honest about what's going on so that God can help to heal him. I don't know if your, your mama ever gave you good advice like this, but sometimes my mama would say, just get your mind off of it. Just get your mind off of it. And that's good advice in some situations, but not when it comes to real problems that need to be dealt with. Don't just get your mind off of it. When you are exposed, you can, you can just try to escape, but that's useless. Here's a second way that you can respond when you're exposed, and that is excess, excess. It's a lot like escape. Really, it's a form of escape, but you're taking it to an unhealthy extreme. This is like responding to the pain of slipping and falling by taking a hammer to some other part of your body. Not only am I not addressing my pain and my injury, but I'm gonna inflict more damage on myself uh, to, to my already hurting body. Now, the pain that's been exposed by this pandemic has led to a significant increase in excessive behaviors. Though it's too early to get really good data on the long-term impact, sales figures have indicated that people are drinking alcohol a whole lot more than they used to. The same is true for watching pornography. The same is true for some people who are watching unhealthy amounts of television or streaming services, or they're eating unhealthy amounts of unhealthy food. You understand what I'm saying? It's not just an escape. It is excessive to the point that it's becoming an addiction. Now, psychologists tell us that it only takes about 30 to 40 days to establish or create a new habit. And we are quickly approaching that 30 or 40 day mark of us being quarantined in our homes. And my concern as a pastor is that if our quarantine habits entrench themselves, they might be really difficult to break once this order is lifted and life goes back to whatever normal is going to look like. Listen, don't use excess to numb or escape from the pain. You're going you're gonna to make it worse on yourself. I, I know it's a coping mechanism. I know, it's a, I know it's a way to deal with the pain, but it's a dangerous way. 
See, a lot of things make sense in a crisis that you might never consider under normal circumstances, but don't change your standards. Don't change your belief system. Don't ignore your conscience and don't grieve the Holy Spirit as he tries to pull you back from the ledge that you might be standing on. There are better ways to deal with your pain and we're gonna talk about those ways right now. Here's the third response. When, you, when your issues are exposed in your life, you can try to escape, you can try excess to just bury it, or you can try this last one, which is embrace. Embrace. When you find yourself suddenly on the floor in pain and exposed, don't try to get up too fast. The fall is over, you're already down, there's no more immediate danger, so take the time to assess exactly where you are. Don't jump up and act like it didn't happen, that's escape. And don't start beating your head against the wall or pounding your hands on the floor, that, that's excess. Stay there for a minute, as odd as it sounds, and embrace what happened. Assess the damage, acknowledge the pain, investigate the cause. Valerie was sitting there on the floor and while she was, she looked over beside her and she could see the evidence in the tile that's still sort of uh, fogged over from the steam of the bath that she was taking. She could see the evidence on the floor. She knew exactly where her foot went out from under her. She found out, found out exactly what went wrong so that she could understand the predicament and understand her pain and hopefully can prevent it from happening in the future. Listen, I know human nature is to ignore and try to escape, to try to hide it, to try to, to deny it, to try to bury it. With this pandemic, we might even try to wait it out. Maybe the hardest part of the lockdown is that it's removed all the things that we usually hide behind. Maybe that's why some people are so eager to get back to work or get back to normal because they're tired of spending time with themselves and they aren't sure how much longer they can keep the pain at bay. But if you're going to get to a place where God wants you, where, where he wants to take you next, if you're going to get to the next level of your relationship with him, then you're going to have to do the deep alone work. Listen, if all this time at home has exposed some pain in your life, then use this time at home to start healing it. If, you, if this time has shown you the problem, then spend the time to work on the solution. Stop acting like it's not there. Embrace it. Embrace it. That's the only way you're going to fix the issue. It's the only way you're going to solve the problem. It's the only way you're going to stop the pain. My friend Ingrid used to say, you have to own it in order to disown it, right? You will never solve a problem that you won't admit that you have. I don't know if you have any experience with a 12-step program or have ever heard of anything like that, but step one of a 12-step program is to admit that you have a problem and that you are powerless over that problem. Sometimes it's a bad decision. Sometimes it's a bad attitude. Sometimes it's a character flaw. But whatever it is, please hear me today. You will never fix it until you feel it. 
You will never solve it until you say it. And you will never release it until you embrace it. You have to own it so you can disown it. If you keep reading through the 12 steps, you see all kinds of things that can be supported with scripture that help you to understand that you have to take responsibility for doing what you can to solve the problem. Ignoring it won't help. You have to commit to finding the roots. You have to commit to taking responsibility, offering apologies if necessary, making restitution when that's possible, all with an eye towards healing from the inside out. But it all starts with not just acknowledging that we have a problem, but also with acknowledging that you are powerless to solve that problem on your own. We need God to help us. We need others to help us. But we have to take off the mask and stop hiding the pain. When Valerie fell, I had just walked out the bathroom door and, and when I heard her fall, I was right beside her in a step or two. I didn't just yell from the other room. I didn't just keep doing what I was doing. I was present. Why? Because she needed to know that she wasn't in this thing alone. If she was hurt, I was gonna help her. If she was scared, I was gonna be there for her. I, I, I told her to stay down. Because again, your reflexes come. I said, no, just stop and let's make sure you're okay. But I also realized that she was lying exposed on the cold, wet tile floor. And so I, I covered a, a towel. I got a towel to cover her up and to comfort her. Let me tell you something this morning. If your pain, if your dysfunction has been exposed during this time, the Holy Spirit is there to wrap you up in his presence. The word of God says that he is both a comforter and a truth revealer. That means that he is there immediately to comfort you, to cover you, to protect you, to wrap you up, but he will also lead you and guide you to the truth so that you can heal. He will show you the roots of the problem. He will strengthen you every step of the way. Take the time to address the problems that have come up. Embrace the pain. Now, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get real with you for just a second. I'm just going to kind of like pull up in the driveway with you. I come up in the house and like read your mail, but, you know, social distancing and whatever. So I'm just going, I'm going to pull up in your driveway right now. Can, can we do that? S some of you are having a really hard time right now with your mental health. And I'm not talking about you're a little stir crazy or you've got a little cabin fever. I mean that this has exposed a real problem in your mental health. A problem that might have already been there, but you've been able to mask it or hide from it with all the stuff to, that we used to have to do and the places that we have to go. But now that all of that stuff has been stripped away, it, it, it may be becoming clear to you or to your family that there is and has been a problem. And listen, it's not just for parents. It's not just for adults. I heard from a physician the other day who said they're seeing a huge increase in, in this kind of issue with teenagers as well. Please hear me today. Get help. Get help. 
You say, oh, oh, pastor, listen, I hear you. Uh, You want me to spend more time praying? You want me to spend more time reading the Bible? You want me to spend more time listening to worship music? Yes, do all of that stuff because it's powerful and it's beneficial. And I want you to do that. And I want you to get your behind in the car and go to the doctor if you need to. You say, pastor, I can't believe that a pastor is encouraging people to go to the doctor. Listen, if I knew that you were showing symptoms of having a malignant tumor in your body, would you be offended if I encouraged you to go to the doctor? No, because we all know that eventually, if left untreated, cancer will consume your life. Listen to me, mental illness is every bit as devastating in people's lives and bodies as cancer. It has to be dealt with. If, if something in your life has a spiritual root, it needs to be dealt with spiritually. If something in your life has a medical or a chemical root, it needs to be dealt with medically. If you need counseling, get counseling. And if you need help finding a counselor, contact the church office. We will be happy to make some recommendations. If you need inner healing and deliverance and prayer, contact the church office and we'll be happy to connect you with somebody who can schedule a time to meet with you either virtually or in person and pray with you. If you need, but if you need some medication, go to the doctor and get some. You say, pastor, you can't possibly mean that you want me to take medication for a mental health issue. I absolutely want you to take medication if that's what you need. Listen, y'all know I've been in church for nine months since, since nine months before I was born, right? I am a church boy. Church is all I know. But listen, church people get on my nerves. They get on my nerves. Like, why is it okay for us to take a Tylenol and we got a headache? to take a Z-Pat and we got a sinus infection or take insulin for diabetes. But if somebody talks about taking medication for a mental health issue, they are suddenly the chief of sinners. Like, what is that about? Where is that in the Bible? If this pandemic has finally shined a light on a mental health issue, wherever it is, whatever it is, go get the help that you need and don't be ashamed of it. Embrace what has been revealed in your life so that you can find the healing that you need. Mental health issues operate in darkness, the darkness of shame, and too much of that shame has been perpetrated by the church. Don't fall for the lie because that lie can be fatal. I'm tired of watching people suffer in silence. I'm tired of losing people because we have a double standard in the church when it comes to mental health. Go get the help you need and don't be ashamed. You say, but pastor, I just don't, I don't wanna have to depend on a pill for my happiness. Listen, ain't no pill can make you happy. The medication just pushes back the darkness so you can see the light. You may feel like you're flat on the floor this morning, but embrace the opportunity that you've been given, a chance at life, a chance at peace for your sake and for the sake of your family. Get the help you need. And it's not just mental health issues that have been exposed through this crisis. If you're struggling with an addiction, one that you've already had, or one that you are developing in the midst of this crisis, stop living in denial about it. 
Stop saying it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Anything that is controlling your life is a big deal. The fruit of the spirit is self-control. If you're engaging in activities that you have no control over, whether it's drinking or drugs or pornography or overeating or video games or television, whatever it is, if you can't help yourself, then get some help somewhere else. If you realize that your relationships are crumbling, maybe with a spouse, maybe with, uh, with friends, other family members, take the time to find out why. Listen, it's stressful. I know this, this time is stressful and it puts stress on the relationships. But if you're noticing that the stress is revealing some fractures or making them worse, that's a big deal. Take the time to find out what's really going on. Start with a foundation of love. Make sure that you both know and communicate how much you love each other. Reassure each other that you want a better relationship and that you want to remove the barriers and the obstacles and lose the baggage that you might be dragging around. And then one by one, slowly start to lean into the issues that you're facing in your relationship with humility and with honor, not putting each other down, not beating each other up, but having a respectful, difficult conversation. Is it painful? Yes, but it's worth it. If you can heal from the inside out, the benefit is worth the pain. Listen, there's no way to talk about every issue that might have been, that might have been exposed during this thing. But if you've discovered some character flaws, if you've seen a side of yourself that you don't like, start praying about it. Ser seriously and sincerely pray about it. I would encourage you to go back to our YouTube channel and, and listen to or watch the heart attacks series that I did in September of 2019. Please go back and listen, because if there ever a time when our mind and our, and our, uh, and our hearts and our bodies and everything, if our mind, our will and our emotions are being attacked, it's right now. So go back and listen to that. Anger, fear, frustration, a lot of the things that we're experiencing now that are boiling over in us are secondary emotions. It's not the problem, it's the symptom. So take the time to find out the deeper issues that you might have going on. Because listen, Jesus died to heal us of those things. He died to make us whole. He died to make us more like himself. He's given us his Holy Spirit to empower us with everything that we need for life and godliness. And so you have at your disposal, if you are a believer, you have everything you need to be healthy and whole if you will simply listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Now listen, we're all undergoing an emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical stress test right now. We're finding out which of our systems need work. Don't ignore what this crisis is revealing. Don't deny it with escapism and don't bury it with excess. Embrace the pain. Embrace the problem. 
embrace what it's revealing so you can position yourself for healing, for health, and for wholeness. Listen, I am happy to report that we got Valerie up off the floor and she was fine. Listen to me. You are going to be fine. You are not in this alone. As believers, the Holy Spirit will be with you to lead you and to guide you to truth. So listen to him. When problems are exposed, be honest and be healed. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.